Welcome to DesignCast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the MYP design course like a pro. Stay tuned. All right, welcome to another edition of DesignCast. This is a special end of season two episode where I talk with Jody Smith, who is a podcast launch coach. And so I really had a great time chatting with Jody. He's a longtime friend. And so I can't wait to share this episode with you. But before I do that, there's a few things I want to just say. Thanks so much for everyone for their support over the past several years with this podcast, but especially the last six months. It's been a labor of love and it has been just almost therapy for me to put these things together almost on a weekly basis. And so I would love to hear from you if you wouldn't mind leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or you can even leave me a voice comment over at Anchor where my podcast is hosted. The new season will start in August, just in time for school. Whether you're starting in distance learning or whether you're starting at your campus in some other hybrid form or another, please be sure to tune in. And I can't wait to share with you some of the great topics and guests that I have lined up. So if you have any ideas for topics or guests, again, please get in touch with me on all the social media platforms and I would love to hear from you. So without further ado, here is my chat with Jody Smith. Welcome back to another edition of Design Cast. And I am absolutely elated to have a longtime friend of mine and podcasting expert, Jody Smith, with me. Jody, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you said my name because when you said a longtime friend and podcasting expert, I wasn't sure you were talking about me. So great <laughs> yes, to I'm, be here. I'm talking about which one was um, hard to believe, the longtime Uh-oh. friend or the podcast expert? Both were equal. <laughs> a little bit hard. of both. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of both had you worried. Nice. Okay. All right. Cool, man. So listen, Jody. You know, obviously a lot of my listeners won't know who you are. They should, but can you tell them a little bit about yourself? Hey, yeah, I am a podcast launch coach. I help guide people through the podcast launch process. So when it comes to getting everything in line, such as selecting equipment, what might be the best equipment, getting podcast artwork done, teaching people how to record themselves in a high quality manner and how to record guests in a high quality manner, getting podcast integrated into your website, all that kind of stuff, even going down to, you know, what title should I use? How should I structure my podcast content? And even helping them ask the hard questions so they can define who their audience is. So all that goes into launching a podcast. And also there's a select number of podcasters I work with on a weekly basis where I help them get their podcast episodes edited and published and such. That's awesome. That actually helps me understand a lot more about what you do. I've always been like, what does, what does Jody do anyway? So that's, yeah, uh, that's I ask myself that question every day. I'm kind of like a personal tour guide for people who are wanting to start podcasts. Oh, that's nice, man. And part of the reason I wanted to ask you on, other than you're just an absolutely amazing person, was that, you, you know. still talking about me? I am okay. still talking about it. It's not, okay. the, it's not that guy behind you who's standing <laughs> lurking in the corner. But, you know, one of the things that a lot of the 
listeners have is that their their teachers and their students are into podcasting. And so it's really neat to hear that actually there's a career out there that people can have where they help guide people through the process of becoming podcasters and, and that kind of thing. So that's really cool to hear that. How did you get into that? Well, that's a good question because like when I was, uh, you know, even in high school, there was no podcasting didn't exist. So I couldn't have even known to wish I could become a podcast coach one day. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so um, back when in my earlier days, when I was working in a corporate cubicle, you probably remember that time, I worked in that corporate cubicle for about eight and a half years altogether. At some point, I discovered podcasts and I started listening to these business podcasts and entrepreneur type podcasts. And there, while I was working, listening to these podcasts, and I would get ideas for businesses and things I wanted to do. And I was like, man, I really want to do something different. And that's how I first got turned on to listening. It was a time after that when I um, got into actually learning the technicals of podcasting and helping people with that. So that was about 2013. I think it was like March 2013. I actually took a month-long podcasting intensive online. I meant just to have my own podcast at that time, but we had an online class and there were probably, I think there were like 20 or 25 students. After the course was over, I found myself answering questions for some of the other students in, in Facebook groups, or I would say, hey, let's jump on Skype and troubleshoot this problem, stuff like that. There was this one lady in particular, and she, I think she lives in Oregon, yeah, and she kept saying, hey, send me an invoice, send me an invoice, and I, I didn't really know what to do, so finally she just got mad and just like mailed me like a check for $200 or something, and I was like, wow, that was kind of a turning point for me. I started doing that on the side as I was still working a day job, and then about four years ago, it was actually on April the 15th of 2016, I quit that day job I went full-time. I'm sure it's not always been easy, but it seems like you're really having some success now. But what did yeah. you do if things were kind of lean? How did you, what yeah, other side yeah. gigs did you have going on? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because uh, there were some downright terrifying times. There was times when I said, what in the world was I thinking? And there were also days where I would do like well and I would be like, why did I ever have a job in the first place? This is, the funny thing is right before I was getting ready to quit my job, I wanted to have a, a fallback plan. So I registered to be a driver for Lyft, the, the rideshare service. I was a Lyft driver. So that was one thing I did uh, on the side while I was uh, getting started out after I'd quit my day job. I think I ended up, this was in 2016, and I ended up doing, I think, like 99 rides. So that gave me a real good taste of ride sharing. And it was a good way to get some quick cash for the day or the week. So it was it was fun and it was some interesting experience, but I didn't really want to do that full time. Yeah, uh, I know the gig economy is a uh, tough, especially right now. Yeah. So another thing I did is I, I had some experience designing websites and, and managing email lists and stuff like that. So I took a few side gigs doing that. And sometimes it was in addition to somebody who was needing a podcast or whatnot. But I definitely um, remember kind of getting just overloaded with web work on the side while I was trying to grow my podcast business as well. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, first off, I've, I've ridden in a car with you. So I can imagine that <laughs> you weren't the only one terrified <laughs> at that point. So. <laughs> but let me ask you this. You, you mentioned that there are some podcasts that you work with on a weekly basis and you mentioned editing and, and that kind of stuff. What all do you do with them in addition? I mean, I could imagine that you're using some sort of editing software, but what other things do you do for them? Do you help with the distribution or what, what is it you do? Yeah. So on a weekly basis, basically take the audio file that they recorded, do some minor edits and level it out, normalize it, maybe add a little bit of noise reduction, stuff like that. Just real simple stuff. I'll convert it to MP3. I'll get it published 
published to their media hosts, which goes out to their on their podcast feed to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all those places. And I make sure it gets published on their website. A lot of my clients will create a blog post for each individual episode and we'll have the audio player on their blog post as well as some notes from the show, maybe a, a short summary or some bullet points as, as well as any links that are mentioned. When I actually, when I was first starting off in podcast business, I thought I was going to do a lot more editing and I actually did a lot of editing and I found it wasn't my favorite part. I really like helping people through the process and strategizing and, and I'm all right with doing simple edits. When it comes to the more complex edits, I've partnered with a buddy of mine and his team concentrates purely on podcast editing. They have a, a great team of editors and uh, also writers that will write summaries of the episodes and create blog posts out of them. Oh, wow. That's cool. So at the moment, I'm a one-man show. I do all that myself. So yeah, that's why it yeah. takes a long time to get a post out, man. <laughs> An episode. <laughs> hey, I, I understand. Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because I was at podcast awards ceremony a couple of years ago. And it's it's really interesting to see the different podcasters because you'll have one guy that won an award. He's a total one-man show. And then you'll have another podcast that wins an award. And, and they're like, I want to thank my five producers and 10 writers and two interns and all this. It really has made a level playing field in many respects. Yeah, I think it's one of the only businesses you can still kind of do that. You know, independent filmmaking is that's insane to do that all by yourself. But, you know, to I think in podcasting, it's because it's short snippets, you know, in a way. So it's okay for someone to still, you know, you don't have to have much. You can start with your phone, you know, that's and right. I think that's the best part that I like about it is that it's the great equalizer and then you, everyone has a voice, right? Yeah, that's the really cool thing is it, especially nowadays, it's really, the barrier to entry is low. So it's really easy to sound great. Yeah, you're able to connect with people across the world who you might not have otherwise had a chance to have a conversation with. And just recording has become so much easier. So it, it makes it to where you know, a one-man show can produce a quality show. We were just talking about that before we started about how even just a few months ago to record through a call like this, because I mean, you're on the East Coast in the US and I'm on the West Coast in Korea, you know, we're, <laughs> we're able to have this conversation and then you have a video file and an audio file and, and it's free, you know, that it's just taught, cost us our time and which, you know, even until just a few months ago, that was not possible. So there are some good things that are coming out of this whole COVID-19 thing, but I don't want to get into all that. So listen, Jody, let me ask you this. So uh, in your coaching model, how do you find, how do people find you? How does that whole process work? So I found that the majority of people find me through referrals through other people that I've helped. When I first started out, when I learned podcasting, I learned it from a guy named Cliff Ravenscraft. He was, was known as the podcast answer man for many years. He's moved on to other life coaching and, and other business coaching. But for uh, several years, he was focused on uh, podcast coaching. So my actually my first paying clients were from alumni of his course who, you know, maybe I jumped on to help them troubleshoot a problem that they were having at that time. He sent me a lot of referrals and then a lot of people that I've worked with have sent me referrals. So thus far, the other big referral source is my buddy uh, who actually lives in Oklahoma City who runs the uh, podcast editing company. He found that he had a lot of people coming to him who needed to start a podcast 
podcast. So he let me work with those people to get them up and running. And then they would take over the week to week editing. So he's been a big referral source for me. And we, we were able to help each other out and make it a mutually beneficial relationship. Right. And they tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yeah. I'm always kind of exploring other referral sources and I've started building my email list up and I want to create some group programs so we can make it more affordable and can walk people through it in a, a group Zoom setting. Yeah, I'm finding that these Google Meet and they've just announced that they're giving all their stuff away for free like Zoom does indefinitely to anyone who wants to use it. Not that they pay me for this podcast, but, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I'm finding that I'm actually reconnecting with people and doing a lot more work online talking to people. People are more accessible during this time because they're not out gallivanting such as yourself to the Bahamas or to the Cayman <laughs> Islands, you know, and, and so that's, it sounds like, you know, that that's great that you have that connection that's able to kind of create a pipeline of, of a workflow into, into, you know, you getting some business and then them getting some business. And that's awesome. I love to hear that, man. Well, thank you. I've been very thankful for the people I've gotten to work with. I've gotten to work with people I wouldn't have dreamed of because funny story is when I was back in my corporate job, I would listen to this one podcast and it was it's called the 48 Days Radio Show. And it's by a guy named Dan Miller who wrote a book called 48 Days to the Work You Love. About three years ago, I was brought on to help him post-produce his podcast. So he sends me the file. I make sure he gets uploaded. So one of the very first podcasts I listened to back in my cubicle, I'm now able to help with, help it just get published every week. That's a really cool thing that's happened along with a lot of others just because of some really cool people I've met through podcasting. Yeah, I remember you talking to me about that book and all these other things way back, (laughs) way back in the day, right? And so Uh I think that's really cool that you're now able to work with him and, you know, and to be part of that experience because I think what's nice about this is that when you interview people, especially folks who you admire, they're people too. They get nervous about how things sound too. I mean, I've even heard a story once where Oprah Winfrey came off stage after giving a commencement speech and she turned to someone, she said, how did I do? You know, and here's someone who is known to be a great communicator. Even folks still worry about, you know, there's still a self, a self-confidence thing there, you know, for however long. So, you know, that's awesome to hear that you were able to do that. And so I want to ask you a couple of kind of deep. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. I want to ask you a couple of kind of detail-oriented questions, like kind of nitty-gritty sort of things, if that's okay with you. For example, one of the big questions I get, because people do ask me about podcasting as well, and I'm like, I'm just a freak with a microphone, man. And so <laughs> so do you recommend that, for example, my podcast, for example, should I have a different Twitter handle for that and an Instagram page, a Facebook page, you know, that kind of thing? Should it be separate or should it be part of your kind of overall package? You know, what's probably the best that you've seen model-wise? In most cases I find that it's it's best just to use your your existing Twitter handle your existing Instagram unless you want to keep it like super private you know your personal stuff super private I found when you end up creating specific social media accounts for your show then it kind of gets unmanageable at some point so I have seen some instances where it works and makes sense but I would say the majority of the time I, I would recommend just using your um, your existing social media platform or accounts that's great advice because I've seen it done both ways and you're 
you're right. Sometimes it's an epic failure and sometimes it's an absolute overwhelming success. You're right. I mean, I think the only time that would make sense is if you had multiple hosts who could kind of handle, you know, the, the handle themselves, handle the handle. So, but who could organize the handle as, as a group, you know, and, and post as a group. That's a different kind of thing, I think. But you're right. Yeah. If you're doing a one man show, probably best to keep it as manageable as possible. So how often should I be posting podcasts? I think the most effective schedule is to do it once weekly because when things are normal, if people have their routines, they have their commutes, they have their, you know, going for a walk or exercising at the gym. And so if they make you a part of their weekly routine and they always know when to expect it, then people will be more likely to listen in many cases. Although I have seen many cases where it's not every week that have done fine. Like one case is uh, hardcore history. They're very sporadic and they're like three hour episodes. <laughs> and I've also seen, there's also some series like uh, that'll drop a whole season at once, kind of like Netflix does, but in the podcast audio space. I never say that it won't work to do something different. I have had clients that the best they could do with their schedules was to do it once every three weeks or once every two weeks, but they did it consistently if they were able to work up to once a week, tended to help give them more momentum and, and to build build up their audience a little better. So most effective recommendation is once a week, but there are exceptions and plenty of them. Fantastic. That's actually really great because like my own, my school, they we have a group of students who do like a, a weekly magazine type show. And so every Sunday night, the kids knew that the announcements were going to come out on the podcast and they could go and listen. They had little, little clips and it's gotten so successful. They've actually created like quarterly longer episodes, which are much more on the creative end and not just information distribution kind of thing, which has been great because that's giving all of them a chance to look at it from different perspectives because some is just strictly information giving and then some are much more, you know, interactive with, you know, audience participation, things like that. So yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. And you're right. I hadn't really thought much about the habit thing, but I think about my own habits and that there are certain times of the week that I would prefer to listen to the latest episode that drop, you know, and <laughs> kind of go from there. So that's great advice, Jody. Thank you. Glad to share. As you've seen, there's podcasts that go from daily. Some of them do daily. Some of them do three times a week. Well, there's just, there's no rules in podcasting. So that's a great thing to know just going into it. Just kind of shifting gears a little bit right now. What are you really excited about in the world of podcasting at the moment? Well, from an equipment perspective, there's one piece of equipment that I've been really excited about over the past, I'd say, year and a half. And that is the Rodecaster Pro. It is what podcasters have wanted and needed for several years. And Rode Microphones actually created this console where you can actually, uh, it's a digital recorder, it's a mixing board, it's a USB interface all in one. It just solves so many problems. I was able to do change, like replace five pieces of equipment with a, Rode, a Rodecaster Pro. That's awesome. And so how do folks get their hands on a Rodecaster Pro? Because a lot of my listeners are actually from around the world. And so I don't know how easily accessible that would be, but is there, do you know, like who sells those kinds of things? Actually, I don't think you even knew this, but uh, I've actually got a relationship with an authorized dealer. So if you want to learn, here comes my dog. Okay. He's going outside. <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, contact me about a roadcast, you can go to my website, jodysmith.com slash roadcaster. That's R-O-D-E-C-A-S-T-E-R. Okay. Also on Facebook, I have a Facebook group. We've got about 500 people in it. It's a Roadcaster Pro discussion group. And if you just go and ask to be a member, you can come in there and it's for people who are considering purchasing 
or who already own one to ask questions and such. That's a hardware or equipment thing that I'm really excited about. The other things I'm excited about are I'm just seeing so many creative ways that people are using podcasting. It seems like every week I see some sort of creative way that people are using a podcast or, or a new idea for a show. And it's just, I've got to meet so many people. It's just exciting to see the creativity coming out. Right when this whole COVID things came out, I once read something online that said, now is not the time to start a new podcast. And I think what the whole point of that, I didn't even read the article because I thought, oh, that's just, that's fluff. But the reason I didn't read it was uh, I thought, I, kn I know what they're going to say. And that is because once everything kind of goes back to normal, you're not going to be able to maintain the momentum. You know, in most cases, people go, I have so much time. And then all of a sudden there's a two hour commute to work and there's a, you know, there's office politics and all the things. And so I thought that was, that was interesting. But yeah, there's been a lot of really good content that people created and a lot of really famous people who you wouldn't normally think you'd have access to are creating some really cool stuff, which is great, you know, because then they're in quarantine too, a lot of them, or they're locked down in a way too. So that's kind of, kind of interesting that you brought that up, but that's awesome. So Jody, who do you, who do you look for, for inspiration? Who do you follow or who do you keep tabs with and, and that kind of thing on the interwebs? Yeah. So my podcasting mentor, Cliff Ravenscraft is one podcast that I really dig listening to, even though he's moved away from talking about podcasting, he does talk about business and just life and he's very transparent. I mean, he, he you know, will share some very personal things about his business and his life and, and such. So he's one person that I really appreciate listening to his podcast. Another one is my favorite podcast is the 48 Days podcast. He's, he's taking questions from listeners every week. He takes questions from listeners and it's people that are either looking for a job that fits them or looking to start a business that fits them. And to see the creativity of business ideas and creative solutions to problems. And it's it's always been exciting to me to it just start sparking ideas for, you know, what can I do that's different? So I have to ask you, since you're doing the post-production for that, do you post-produce it and then do you listen to the episode later or do you just listen to it when you're editing it and post-producing it? Or what do you end up doing, man? Yeah, I feel like I'm getting a special preview beforehand. So normally I'll, when I'm producing it, I'll give it a quick listen, skim through it. And then I'll usually wait until it's actually published to go and just listen to the whole thing at regular speed. At regular speed. All right. Not at super warp speed. All right, Jody. So let me uh, ask you this. How do people get in touch with you? I know you drop your website and the Facebook group that you're part of, but how do folks get in touch with you? Let's say on Twitter, because a lot of the educators I work with are really into Twitter. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. On Twitter, my handle is podcast producer. Also, my website is just my name and that's spelled J-O-D-E-Y-S-M-I-T-H, jodysmith.com. And there's a form on there if somebody wants to uh, send me a message or uh, you can tweet at me. Tweet right at you. I love it. Shots fired. Well, Jody, thanks so much for sharing your expertise. It's always good to talk to you and to see how far our careers have gone and how they've changed over the years is really fun. And so it's been great talking to you. And I know that folks are going to find a lot of value in having listened to your stories and your, and your expertise. So thank you so much. It's an honor.